Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton, and this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elite Accountants and Business Advisors. Joining me today is my colleague here at Business in Vancouver, Patrick Blennerhassett. Patrick, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Tyler Sands Haley. Yeah, no Haley this week. She is mm-hmm. actually, as we speak, at the budget lockup for the very first budget from this new provincial government that we have here. So we'll be having lots of coverage uh, throughout the week at BIV.com. And so just keep checking on, on that. In, in the meantime, we do want to talk to you a little bit about a story that you're working on, Patrick, and mm-hmm. uh, change it up to a certain degree. It's a little bit about the fashion industry and the business side of it as well. But yeah. tell me what's in this week's print edition of yours. Well, I got a chance to, well, Glenn usually covers fashion, but he went on. Glenn Corstrom, our yeah, yeah, yeah. reporter here. Yeah. yeah. And so he usually covers fashion, but he went on vacation. So Timothy handed me a story about a new clothing line that's come out or just sort of launched. It's called Adelhard or Adelhard. I'm not totally sure how you do the pronunciation. It's kind of stylized there. But um, it was fascinating to, to dive into the world of fashion a little bit and where it's at, because I think what's happened with fashion is what's happened with every industry. It's getting disrupted by technology. And these are guys, so we've got Michael Wen and, and Daryl Kopke. Kopke is the former uh, Lululemon guy. And uh, he's also sort of the kit and ace guy. Um, so he's got a lot of reputation sort of in the, the local scene and all this type of stuff. So they're starting a menswear line. And the idea is sort of woven fabric. So like a stretch suit, basically. I don't know how you deal with suits, but I pretty much rip a suit like once a year. Because sure. I'm 6'3", 200 pounds. And every time I bend over to pick something up, I just the back of my suit just goes completely. You got to get it custom tailored. I, yeah, yeah. I, just, I can't seem to find the money to do that. So uh, the interesting thing about that is that these guys are sort of combining that sort of uh, stretchy fabric that the rugby players wear. And they want to design suits that are more comfortable. That you can gain weight. You can lose weight. I'm always gaining and losing weight. I mean, if I fluctuate all the time. And But the more fascinating thing is that they're going like headfirst in te- into technology. No brick and mortar stores, no sort of like clothing line launch in the traditional sense. They're going to hit up online. They're going to do pop-up shops. They're going to do Amazon. They're going to use Amazon Echo for like these algorithms that help you basically sort of pick suits and see suit ideas. Um, You know, I'm sure they're going to be using social media a lot. and, And these things all sort of work into artificial intelligence which can sort of learn what type of clothes you like, what type of clothes you want to wear, all this type of stuff. So really kind of fascinating to see the clothing industry kind of pivot a little bit, right? Kind of, it seems like the sort of stuff that Q would make for James Bonds. Yeah, um, yeah. A little this is a functioning pocket or yeah. something like that. But I got a chance to try one of the suits on and like shameless promotion. It was easily the most comfortable was it? suit. I, it's just like... Well, what was it about it then? I think it's it's the fact that it's it's woven so that it stretches. Like I, you wear suits all the time, and you do you unless you get them, you feel it you, unless you get them custom tailored. You kind of feel that like that push and pull, like when you bend over, well, and like anywhere like specific spots on your body that like I don't know. I'll tell you, like I love riding my bike to work. I uh, can't really do that if it's one of those days where I need to have a suit on. So yeah, it's, it, it is challenging. Yeah, so I think it's the idea is is sort of to like the modern tailored man, right? This idea that basically, I mean, guys, weights fluctuate, guys. I mean, Kopke actually apparently battle tested it one day. He went to the gym and he was doing squats in it and he was like kick, 
kickboxing, all this type of stuff. But when you put the suit on it, like it makes you feel different because you feel like you're wearing like pajamas, right? Yeah. Like you feel like you're like, man, this is actually comfortable. It's like joggers wear, right? But so. here's the question people are going to have, Patrick. Does it look like an actual suit or does it look Yo, like totally yeah okay. and that's the other thing it's like because the other the michael wen he's sort of the tailor of tailors in canada i mean he does the maple leafs and the raptors and all that type of stuff and so he he originally got the idea when he was watching the maple leafs get on the plane and as soon as they got on the plane they fly private right so they're flying to you know new jersey or la all that. they would take their suits off and change into more comfortable clothes and he asked him, he's like, why are you guys doing this? He's like, my suit's so uncomfortable. I mean, these are big guys, right? They're like 6'2", right. hockey players are big. So he got to thinking, he was like, why, I need to make a suit where these guys don't want to take off as soon as they get home. Like I do that sometimes. I'll go out and cover an event and I get home. The first thing I want to do is get out of my suit, right? Because I'm just stuffy and like the tie's wrong and pulling up and... I don't know. So I think it's just, it shows the adaptability, but it also shows like the technology side that they're willing to embrace with like Amazon Echo, where it can take a photo of you and then suggest suit sizes. Like it's just, it's so far from that traditional world of tailoring where you go in, get your suit tailored. Every couple of months you get it adjusted, right? All this type of stuff. You go to one place, it's a brick and mortar store. So do we have an idea about what the price points are for these suits versus what you could buy off the rack or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think they're a little more expensive than mm. sort of the average stuff, but reasonably priced type thing. So it is obviously for like the professional business guy, yeah. you know, so... I think it's more about just trying to to offer something a little different than that kind of traditional suit model or that sort of traditional sort of style. And but because it's kind of stretch fabric, is it more like form fitting or? Yeah. 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 It has this type like this feel when you put it on, like, uh, like if you're putting dry fit on and you're going to go for a run. And it's it's sort of like that feeling as if that you could move forward. Like I'm wearing jeans right now and I know that there's certain things I cannot do in these jeans. Like if you told me to stand up and do the splits or like turn around really fast, I'd probably rip the jeans. Sure. But you put this stuff on and you're like, I could probably do anything. I could fall down a flight of stairs and not rip rip these clothes, right? So I think it's tailoring to that guy like myself who just destroys everything around him, not in a literal sense but physically you know i break stuff i break clothes i rip clothes all the time so the the idea is to make something that's sort of battle tested i think so well next time you join us and you're not wearing jeans i will of course <laughs> be asking you to do the splits for us Patrick. i will warm up sufficiently before mm. so i don't pull a groin or something like that excellent uh stay with us because we've got some uh, interesting business news to discuss after this including bc's bid for the federal supercluster program, as well as this big boardroom battle that's finally kind of resolved itself after months of everything from public barbs that were exchanged between some of the most notable names in business, as well as like defamation lawsuits that resulted out of this. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott, accountants and business advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, 
Give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600 at 604-714-3600 or else check them out on their website at manningelliott.ca. So Patrick, on Friday, uh, or no, was it Thursday? Late last week, I, mm-hmm. I should say, the federal government announced that uh, BC is among the successful bids for its supercluster program, $950 million up to gra- up for grabs, mm-hmm. split between five different bids. Essentially, the one in here in BC, it's focused on creating more collaborations between natural resources, the tech sector, healthcare. And it, it's interesting what Canada's digital technology supercluster, that's the name of the BC bid, it's looking at collecting, analyzing, and visualizing a lot of the data that businesses have. So one of the examples I've been speaking to Telus, Microsoft, some other players in this is they want to be able to help, say, mining companies visualize the mines that they're working on, like create maps that would evolve within you know virtual reality so you can get a better idea and a better grasp of everything that is going on here within the resources industry. And so we have these collaborations going that really have the opportunity to, I guess, spark some economic fires to a certain degree that we haven't really been seeing prior to this. Like why else would a mining company have to collaborate with say a healthcare company, for example? It's yeah. you know, interesting collaborations. They expect to have 100 collaborations in the next 10 years. It sounds like strange bedfellows at the start, but it definitely, yeah. The potential behind it, I think, is pretty cool. And so that's why I'm going to be writing about it more in the next week. And I think, honestly, probably in the decade to come, just as we see more of these collaborations, you Mm. know, spread throughout the province. But it is interesting that essentially every region across Canada got their own super cluster. In the prairies, they're going to be focused on, say, food uh, in Atlantic Canada, it's going to be on oceans. Uh, I know that in Quebec, it's going to be AI. So it's fascinating to see how this entire nearly $1 billion supercluster program shakes out for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's the good part is like having worked for the Ministry of Health in a previous life, it's a very regimented sort of way of doing things. Bureaucratic nature is very set up. Sure. So if you can get them to change the way that they're thinking, so you think of a private company like TELUS or you think of the mining industry, these are very siloed sort of industries, right? So if they start collaborating with each other, what are they going to learn? You have no idea, but the the possibility is basically unknown. And I think that's the good part is that you might just they might just start learning things that they never even thought about thinking about before, right? Because it's an entirely different way of thinking, which I yeah. think is the key here. But um, for anybody who's been following this, we have been writing about uh, this boardroom battle, and we've talked about it before on the podcast as well. But uh, it looks like this boardroom battle involving a small, relatively small fintech here in Vancouver, Payfirma. It is wrapping up now. Uh, we hear from the CEO, Michael Gokturk. I should say former CEO. He resigned from the company after shareholders unanimously approved a merger with an unnamed buyer. So essentially, this is all gone now. Just for a little background uh, with regards to Payfirma, Starting in September, Gokter accused sending letters to shareholders accusing three board members. Uh, this would include uh, Coastal Contacts founder Roger Hardy, Pier One hosting founder Lance Tracy, and Mosum Ventures founder Mark Levy. He was accusing them of quote-unquote self-dealing and trying to seize control 
of the company by blocking efforts to pursue a reverse takeover deal. Uh, Tracy ended up filing a defamation lawsuit against Michael Gokturk, and they continued trading barbs uh, in you know through press releases in the ensuing weeks before a shareholder vote to oust these three board members from the board. It was a successful ouster, but guess what? Um, all shareholders voted unanimously in favor of this merger here, which would indicate that includes the uh, directors, the former directors of uh, this company. So I guess everybody's on board with this, but essentially what they're trying to do was Gokturk and some of the other board directors, they, they wanted to... I, I guess pursue a reverse takeover deal to the point where it could be presented before shareholders. But the trio that was ousted from the board, they did not want to pursue any of that. They're like, no, it's off the table. Let's say no to this. And that's when we had this really devolve into a very public proxy battle, which is not something that we see spill out to kind of the public eye so much here in Vancouver. Do we we don't know the the name of the company that they're doing the merger with? No, or I uh, do talked we have to any Gok- sort of They talk I caught uh, I talked to Gokturk about that <laughs> and uh he said that he couldn't share the name of the company but he did say that it is a Canadian uh payments company that uh, they're known for um drawing in a lot of uh, talent within the payments space here mm-hmm. and Gokturk is resigning from the company. He said that was part of the deal. If this merger goes through, I will leave the company. And going forward, though, he tells me all Payfirma employees will be retained. They are sticking around to the company. Uh, there are plans to invest in Payfirma. The brand is going to stick around. So mm-hmm. the buyer, everybody seems to be happy with them, or at least the C- the former CEO, um, founder of the company, Gokturk. So I, I I am fascinated when anything just spills out in the public like this, because I'm sure this happens behind yeah. closed doors more than we would think. I can't think of an example of this actually spilling out the public the way that we saw just in the last, ever since September, really. Well, we, you would know if you interview enough CEOs, there's this old adage kind of in the business world where it's like, whatever happens in the boardroom stays in the boardroom. Yeah. And whatever happens between the board of directors as they try to sort of work through issues with the company, they try very, very hard not to let that spill out into the street or let it spill out into press releases. So now we've seen like a knives out situation here, right? And the other thing to keep in mind is you've got players in the boardroom like CEO of Hootsuite, uh, Ryan Holmes, and that company, the rumors are swirling that uh, they want to pursue an IPO. Does it really look good for potential investors if Ryan Holmes is involved with this boardroom battle? He was not one of the ousted directors. He was Mm -hmm. actually on the side of the CEO. Uh, but does it look good for Ryan Holmes if you know he's involved with something like this? I, I, I would say no, probably not, especially if that company is you know, potentially pursuing an initial public offering. I would say a little bit of context. We've obviously just started to develop a more powerful tech sector. Having been down to San Francisco and Silicon Valley and, and Southern California, you pick up a copy of the local newspaper and it's all about the boardroom squabbling. Yeah. It's all about this guy said that, this company's merging with that company, that guy got ousted by this guy, this guy's sleeping with that guy's wife who's also on the board. So, I mean, this is probably stuff that we should get a little bit more used to. I mean, these these battles are going to sort of spill out into Vancouver public life, and, right? And yes, it, it's so nascent here in Vancouver that it stands out to us when it does happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe this will just be the first of many first of more many. <laughs> that uh, come to uh, the foresight of all us, uh, business observers here in BC. 
I'm looking forward to it. Me to too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's juicy stuff. I like it. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, Patrick, thanks for joining us on the program today. Thanks for having me. And this podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott. I want to thank everybody for listening. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Give us five stars. It helps more people find this podcast. And until next time, you can also just track me down on Twitter. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. And that's it for the Business of Vancouver podcast.